Great to be here with you. And I, I want to talk to you about um, certainly the embedded neighbourhood church, uh, but I've actually uh, titled the, um, the series of two, God in the Neighbourhood. And uh, listening to what it is that uh, you've been talking about over the last few weeks and certainly your involvement in the neighbourhood, I'm preaching to the converted, I think. And so I hope that this message is um, not only challenging to you but also um, encouraging to you. I, I just have a PowerPoint. I'm not sure if that's coming up or not, but um, the, uh, the first frame of that, God in the neighbourhood, and, and that's a picture looking from out this way. It's uh, certainly closer in, but um, looking at the city of Melbourne and the suburbs and the suburban sprawl around, uh, around Melbourne is huge, isn't it? And uh, God has, the, uh, ha- has given us the privilege and the responsibility of being his people planted in each one of those neighbourhoods. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, next slide, please. Um, and uh, this, uh, this morning I'm talking about the church with two addresses. You know, uh, we as a church have two addresses. One's a spiritual address and one's a geographical address. And in chapter 1 of Acts, in verse 5, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, talking to uh, his followers before he goes back up into heaven and he tells them they're going to be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Well, that's uh, talking about the spiritual address that they're going to have. The church is a spiritual reality and there's, there's no doubt about that and we're going to be brought into the realm of the Holy Spirit in a, in a real special way and I think... Uh, last uh, time I was here perhaps we um, had a bit of a series about the Holy Spirit and uh, we, we talked a lot about that but the spiritual reality that the church is is there and so we as a church are embedded in a world of spirituality and, and I for one I don't really understand that You know, I, I know that it's true uh, I'm much more comfortable in the physical world I'm much more comfortable in community building but I, I know the truth of the spirituality that is a part of what Jesus is doing. And, uh, and certainly to say that we're going to be baptised with the Holy Spirit, that's sort of like our spiritual address. But we also have a geographical address. Uh, in verse 8, he talks about uh, the church being involved in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the entire world. Uh, the church has geographical addresses, their neighbourhood addresses, and we are instructed to become embedded in our local neighbourhoods uh, so that we can be that spiritual entity, so that we can be that spiritual uh, community of faith that God has uh, uh, baptised us into. Now this theme comes up uh, right across uh, the, the epistles, when Paul is addressing the churches that he writes to, he addresses them first of all with a spiritual address and then uh, with a geographical address. And Ephesians is just one example of that. In Ephesians chapter 1 and, and all the introductions to the epistles in the New Testament, he says something like, to the church who are in Christ Jesus. Well, that's the spiritual address to the church who are in Christ Jesus. That's our address. We're in him. And um, uh, in fact, chapters 1 to 3 of Ephesians pretty much are an explanation of that spirituality, of what we have in Christ, of the endowment that we have and the inheritance that we have and the blessings that we have in Christ in our spiritual address. 
But then he also says in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, to those of you who are in Christ Jesus at Ephesus, and that's their geographical address. So there's the two addresses, and it keeps on coming up in all the epistles. And in fact, in Ephesians chapters 4 to 6, are an overview of how this is to be lived out in their neighbourhood. And so in chapters 1 to 3 of Ephesians, you've got an overview of this is who you are in Christ, in your spiritual address. And in chapters 4 to 6, this is how it's going to be lived out in uh, in, in, in the physical reality of the neighbourhood in which you live and in which you congregate. And so that's the idea of having those uh, two addresses. Now, it seems to me to be fairly common for our understanding of church to be skewed to one or other of those addresses. It seems to me that in recent history, evangelicalism, and we would include ourselves in that broad uh, church of being evangelicals, uh, believing the word of God and believing in the resurrection of Christ, um, uh, we're, we're evangelicals. But it seems to me that evangelicalism, I'm painting with a broad brush, um, has been skewed toward our spirituality rather than our worldliness. And in fact, as soon as I say the word worldliness in connection to the church, if you're really listening, you probably prick up your ears and think, here comes some heresy. Because, you know, the idea of the church being worldly gives the idea oftentimes of the church taking on things from the world that we're not really supposed to take on. And it's usually in a moral sense, usually as far as sexuality and various other things are concerned. And so we become worldly. But in actual fact, I think, Worldliness is really important for the church. If we understand the worldliness of the church in this idea of us and our physical geographical address, we are in the world. Yes, we are in the spirit. Yes, we are in Christ. And, uh, and, and we get all of our values and our being and our identity from being in Christ. And we're to live it out in a worldly way. We are to live it out in the world, in the address into which God has put us. And it seems to me that evangelicalism, over the, the, its recent history anyway, has been more skewed towards the spirituality and getting the spirituality right to the detriment of understanding how important it is to be embedded in the neighbourhood, living out, becoming a part of that neighbourhood as much as we possibly can, and living out the realities of our spiritual existence, of love. And, uh, you know, beautiful to hear the, the story. Sorry to hear about the break-in. It's, it's horrible. But uh, connected to that, the stories you told about, um, about the love of the neighbourhood. And I love what you said about that will remain. Nobody can steal that. You can't break in and steal the love. You know, I think that's a wonderful thing. And I thought when you were saying that, I'm going home. You know, he said it all. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful to think of a, of a neighborhood in that sort of way. And so it's very good. And I hope the, the more um, natural things work out as well. But certainly the, um, the love that you experience is a wonderful thing to focus on. Um, when we get skewed towards the idea of spirituality, oftentimes our mission in the world is all about getting people into the spiritual kingdom with very little thought of our responsibilities here and now, making this a better place. And I believe that God has both priorities on his mind. In fact, if you read through the Old Testament in particular, he is very concerned about making this earth, this world, this experience, the here and now, 
as much like heaven as possible. (laughs) And that's why Jesus says uh, to pray uh, that your will be done on earth as in heaven. And so, in other words, pray that heaven will become uh, something of earth or, or earth will become something of heaven, that heaven will be experienced here on earth. And I believe that that's the calling that we have uh, in the um, in the mission of the church, we're called as God's church. The mission that He has given to us is to represent Him, uh, to represent His work, and to represent His character in the world. You're really familiar with John chapter one, verse fourteen. Uh, the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and took up residence among us. Uh, he became a human being. So this is the incarnation. And word, the word incarnation literally means enfleshment, enfleshment. And so he is taking on flesh. He is taking on a human existence. And, uh, and he has been sent into the world uh, to, uh, to, to, to take on that um, human experience. And uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of that in the message is really good. He, he says, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. God moved into the neighborhood. And that's the backing for my, my uh, uh, title here, God in the Neighborhood. It's the incarnation, it's the enfleshment. And then in verses 16 to 18 of John chapter 1, uh, it says that we've all received grace upon grace from his fullness. Uh, that's an amazing statement, isn't it? You know, that God has moved into the neighbourhood and we, as a result of that, the neighbours, have received grace upon grace because of his fullness. That's a wonderful truth. And uh, it goes on in those verses to say that grace and truth have become known through him because he was sent to reveal God's character to us. Now, the word translated reveal... Uh, literally means he exegeted God's character to us. And the idea of exegesis is digging in deep and bringing out the deepest meaning possible and making it obvious to others. Eisegesis is reading into something. Exegesis is what we're supposed to do with scriptures. We exegete the scriptures. We get into a passage and allow the passage to speak for itself, but we exegete it so we fully understand, fully understand it towards fullness of understanding well Jesus came to earth to exegete the nature of God the character of God to the neighbours to us uh, to help us to know fully what it is like to have God living next door that was the incarnation that was the enfleshment to know what it's like to have God living next door now when you experience the love from your neighbour you experience something of what it's like to have God living next door whether that person's a Christian or not you experienced love that was communicated in a self-sacrificial way and you experienced something of what it is to have God living next door now God's plan for mission is that a whole lot of us a whole lot of people are scattered throughout the neighbourhood so that our neighbours will know what it's like to have God's character being expressed, God living next door. And that's the idea of mission. This mission of enfleshment, this idea of incarnation, God with flesh on, has been entrusted to us, to his church. John 20, 21 
Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. I've been sent to take on the flesh of human nature, to live out, to exegete, to make fully known, fully experienced the character of God amongst the neighbours, and I'm sending you to do the same. That's what he says. So that's mission in a nutshell. Next slide, please. So we're to fulfil this mission through what I call the embedded neighbourhood church. The mission of enfleshment, of incarnation, is to be carried out through our being embedded in the neighbourhood. Now we get a taste of this in a passage that I've spoken on, I think, more than once in this church over the many years I've been involved, and that's Jeremiah 29, where Jeremiah writes the letter to the exiles. And he tells them to settle down in the city, uh, to do all that they can for the well-being, the shalom of that city, the well-being of the city, and to pray for the city. Now, next week we're going to be looking at the whole uh, topic of praying for the neighbourhood and uh, coming out of one of the Psalms and and talking about some characteristics of what it is to pray uh, for our city as a part of our mission um, but uh, but he, he says do everything you possibly can for the shalom, for the well-being of the neighbourhood. The neighbourhood happened to be Babylon. To be embedded in the neighbourhood is to be in the neighbourhood. It's to be of the neighbourhood. It's to be for the neighbourhood. And it's to be with the neighbourhood. Raf mentioned before... Uh, that um, last year you looked at the idea of blessing the neighbourhood, the church blessing the neighbourhood. Love that. I, 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 I'm really glad you looked at that. That's that idea of being for the neighbourhood because too often churches are in areas thinking the neighbourhood's there for us, <laughs> you know, to fill our pews and so forth. But we're actually a gift to the neighbourhood to bless the neighbourhood with God's character, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing when you think about it. Um, and so those four things, and I'm going to get back to those in a moment, but to be in the neighbourhood and of the neighbourhood and for the neighbourhood and with the neighbourhood, that's how we fulfil our God-given call to live God's alternative in the neighbourhoods of the world. God's alternative. Uh, God's kingdom. But kingdom is not a, not a fancy word today. We don't really understand. Uh, God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, is actually God's alternative way of living. It, 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 it's different. Uh, it's, it's love being expressed. It's peace. It's hope. It's, 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 it's a lack of fear. It's trust. This is God's alternative way. You know, this is the kingdom at work. It's His alternative. And we are called to be in the neighborhood to uh, live out God's alternative in the neighbourhoods of the world. Next slide, please. So let's return to um, to the Acts study in, in Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 4 and 5. And we'll have a look at this idea of being an embedded neighbourhood church in Acts. Um, Jesus says you've got to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the promise that the Father has given to you, the Holy Spirit will come. Why did they have to wait? For the filling of the Holy Spirit. Why wasn't it enough that uh, you know they had been discipled by Jesus for three years, uh, they'd experienced a whole lot, they could talk about their experiences of Jesus, but he says, but you've got to wait, there's something else that's got to happen. 
uh, before you take seriously this mission of being embedded in the neighbourhoods and living the alternative. And he says you've got to wait for the Holy Spirit. And then, then he says, he gives a reason. He, he says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh, the, the word translated power is dunamis, and, and, and dunamis is different to iskus. Iskus is, a, is another Greek word, and it really means human strength. Uh, and it can be very strong. Uh, it can be powerful. Uh, but the idea of dunamis is power that is supernatural. It's power that is given from on high. So if you like, it's spiritual power. It's supernatural power. And Jesus says, uh, basically, don't leave home without it. You, you, you've got to get this power if you're going to be my witnesses, uh, if you're going to be uh, living the alternative in the neighbourhoods of the world. And, uh, and as I thought about that, I, I thought, well, you know, there's a whole lot, obviously, that the Spirit empowers us with, but there's three things in particular, encouragement, discernment, and fruitfulness. Uh, encouragement, the paraclete, he is the one who comes alongside of us, and we walk with him as he gives us encouragement. When we go into our neighbourhoods, to live love and hope and meaning and purpose and all the things of the kingdom, we need to be encouraged. Now, that encouragement is given to us to encourage one another, but it's the encouragement of the Holy Spirit that we give to one another. He is the paraclete. He is the one called alongside of us, and we need that encouragement. If we're, We need that companionship of God alongside of us as we move into uh, being embedded within our neighbourhoods. A discernment. We need to see things clearly from God's perspective. And this is one of my bugbears at the moment. I've got to be careful I don't go off on a tangent here because it'll take me forever. But um, we, we, we tend to judge things uh, by what we hear. You know, we judge things by what we hear in the media and we judge things by our, our own experiences in the past and, 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 and we, we, we tend to get into a habit of seeing things our way rather than seeing things God's way. And, and I believe that we need to be those people in our neighbourhoods who are seeing clearly from God's perspective, asking ourselves the question, how is God responding to this? What is God doing to this? How is God actually seeing this? We need his perspective. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. He is the encourager, he is the one alongside of us, and he is the spirit of truth. He is the one who helps us to discern. And that ministry of discernment today, I believe, is one of the most important aspects of the ministry of the spirit for us, to be able to see things clearly from God's perspective. I've often talked about getting into the scriptures and putting your biblical glasses on and viewing everything else with your biblical glasses on uh, so that we can begin to understand what God is, is saying about this and how God is seeing this. And so that's the idea of the ministry of discernment. And then the third thing that uh, I think is really necessary, and this is why Jesus said wait for the Spirit, is we're told in Galatians 5 that what is lived through us of love and gentleness and peace is the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the alternative, uh, living God's alternative in the neighbourhoods is actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit who is infilling us. And so as He, as God sends us 
as his people involved in mission, in, in the enfleshment of God and God's character, embedded in the neighborhood, to what? To allow the Spirit to produce through us the character of God. Love and peace, gentleness and patience and long-suffering and, and, and self-control and kindness and goodness. The nine characteristics of the character of God that are called the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. So I, I reckon that that's, um, that, that that's why or part of the reason why Jesus said, wait for the Spirit uh, because we've got to have that encouragement. We've got to see things clearly because there are some things in the neighbourhood that we shouldn't become involved in and there are other things we should become involved in as much as we possibly can to embed ourselves and we've got to know which is which. So discernment and then to live out the character of God. It's tough. Remember the character of God is loving our neighbours as ourselves but there's another verse that elaborates a part of that loving your neighbour and that is love your enemies love those who are opposed to you love those who are mistreating you love those who are saying evil things about you well I don't know about you but I find that tough but that's what the fruit of the spirit is all about it's his fruit enabling us to love even those who are opposed to us This is the mission that we've been given and it's fulfilled as we, through the Spirit, walk with God along the way, see things differently and live out an alternative lifestyle of love and gentleness and goodness and kindness and self-control in the neighbourhood. Next slide, please. Acts 1.8 answers a question of how we're to live out this mission. He says you'll receive power, you'll receive enablement when you receive the Holy Spirit and as a result you'll be my witnesses, he says. Now a witness is somebody who tells a story of what has happened. That's the idea of witness. Un- unfortunately, when we, heard, when we hear the term witnessing for Jesus, we think of going out and giving out four spiritual laws or tracks on the corner or or, or, or talking about Jesus' death and resurrection to somebody over lunch or something like that. Now, certainly that might be a part of witnessing, but that's not the uh, the bread and butter, if you like, of witnessing. The, the reality of being a witness to Christ is having a story to tell, having a story to tell. And it might be a story of hope. It might be a story of love. It might be a story of how love was expressed to you in a hard time. You know, having a story to tell. That's the idea of being my witnesses and the stories of, of knowing Jesus and his resurrection and his presence in your life. That's the idea of being a witness. So Jesus is saying that you will be people who will have a story to tell. And not only in speech but in life because you know people who tell stories with just their speech and live a different way, well, we've got a word for them. <laughs> Now, it's called hypocrisy. It, 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 it doesn't make sense. And so when we're telling the story with our lips, we need to be living the story. If we're telling a story of hope, well, we've got to be living the story of hope as well. And so uh, w- Jesus is saying you're going to have a story to tell with your life and your speech that shows the truth about Jesus, 
and all that he came to reveal, his grace and his truth. You'll be people who will tell stories and back them up with lifestyle of grace and hope and peace and forgiveness. But then the question is, well, where are we to live out this mission? That's how, but where are we to do it? Well, Jesus basically says you'll do it embedded in the neighborhoods of the world. He says in Jerusalem, right here, right here in your neighborhood. And maybe that's referring for us today, maybe that's referring to where you gather as a community of faith, right right here. Uh, but then in Judea, and maybe that's referring for us to surrounding areas, maybe, maybe if you don't live in this area, maybe where you live. In Samaria, maybe places that adjoin uh, this area, you know, like maybe you work in some other area. And then in the whole world, basically Jesus says wherever, <laughs> wherever, wherever you go, there's no boundaries to places where you can go and tell the story. And how did that play out in the book of Acts? Well, we don't have time to, to go into all the passages in Acts where all of this is lived out. But it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, framework, if you like, uh, for looking at how uh, this, this idea of being in the neighbourhood and of the neighbourhood and for the neighbourhood and within the neighbourhood is right there across Acts as uh, the, uh, the persecution of Stephen in uh, chapter 7 followed up by chapter 8 what we call the diaspora the dispersion the scattering of the people of God right across the known world into not only Jerusalem now but into Judea and Samaria and in fact um, the whole world the Mediterranean world and how they became a part of the cities that they went to their neighbourhoods and how the neighbourhoods benefited from that and how they did it with others in the neighbourhood. It's a wonderful framework for understanding uh, the book of Acts, and I um, commend it to you. But let me finish by looking at some application, if I could have that next uh, slide. Thanks. God has has gifted your neighbourhood with this church. You ever thought about that? No, I think you have, actually, from what I'm hearing from you. Uh, this This church is actually a gift to your neighbourhood. And so how can your church be an embedded neighbourhood church? Well, as we've seen, it has four components. It's in the neighbourhood. Some of you live right here. You've got a great advantage. You work in the locality. You're involved and engaged in neighbourhood concerns and interests. You take an interest in what bothers this community. You can take an interest in the issues that those people over there are, are, are concerned about. Not just the stuff that we're concerned about, but what they're concerned about. And that's being involved in the neighbourhood. You drink your coffee locally and you shop at local centres and you're deeply entrenched in what's going on here. You relate to local political uh, members and attend local council meetings and, and you volunteer at local festivities that are going on. And you have street parties and you write letters to local newspapers and you hang out in the locality as much as you can. In everything. And in every, everything you are and everything you do, you give the impression 
because it's true that you love your neighbourhood and that you're a part of it. And it's of the neighbourhood. It's public profile, your public profile. It's a valued part of the locality. Do people love the fact that this building sits here in this church, in this neighbourhood? It's a display of the way that you value the locality. The building fits in with the urban landscape. Uh, Pictures on the wall are of local areas. When people come in here and do something in here, they might find a history lesson of Montmorency or of the city of Banyul. You know, in local shopping centres, oftentimes on the corridor leading down to the toilets, there's a wall with pictures of what this place used to look like, you know, before this shopping centre was built, of all the old pictures of the area. It's fascinating, fascinating. Oftentimes, you know, people are gathered and just checking out the pictures along the wall. That that says we value the neighbourhood, and I think that'd be great for a church building to do that too. Uh, the name of the church reflects geographically where you're at. I'm so glad that your name still has Montmorency in it. Montmorency Community Church, great name for a church. Just between me and you, churches that call themselves Grace Church and Love Church and and all that sort of stuff doesn't have any geographical grounding. And I, I think it's a wrong move. I think we need to move back to calling ourselves what we are in the neighbourhood. And I'm glad that I'm glad you've done that. It's for the neighbourhood. You exist in the locality for the benefit of this locality. The neighbourhood doesn't exist for the benefit of the church. The church exists for the benefit of the community, the neighbourhood, for its well-being, for its flourishing. Have you ever thought of this building as a gift to the community around you? We don't often do that. And if you do, I congratulate you. If you've thought about that, well done. Because it's not something I I, I find very much as I travel around the churches. That our buildings are sort of closed off and we don't necessarily sort of, you know, call them extra sacred spaces or anything like that anymore, but they're sort of not available. You know, and think about ways that the building and the property could be opened up. You know, putting a nice little garden out there with a a place for people to rest, a seat and so forth. You know, it's for the community. I know of one church that's put out a three pillar boxes of libraries for adults and teenagers and, and kids right out there and they come and they sit around, kids especially come and sit around the library and borrow the book and read it there. All sorts of things, all sorts of ways that you can say this church is for the neighbourhood. Really important. And with the neighbourhood... Well, a vision of city flourishing, a vision of helping Montmorency and the city of Banyuel to become all that God wants it to become. You're going to have to partner with others. Partner with the council and partner with other churches and partner with community groups and become a part of what is happening in this area. And I believe that's a part of our mission because you have all those opportunities then to express love and hope and meaning.
won't go any further. A couple of other slides, but we won't show them at this time. Well, no, show the next one, will you? Uh, that's 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 a um, a map of the city of Banyul and of uh, Montmorency in, included in it, and you, that's probably a map that you're pretty familiar with. But just think about that: that God has gifted you as a community of faith to be embedded in that area there. That's great responsibility, but it's also a great privilege. It's a great privilege. You know, we can get concerned about things that are happening in the city of Banyul and, and around the world, but what God says is, hey, wait a minute, I, I got you planted. <laughs> I got you embedded into that area right, into that area right there. And, uh, and, and my strategy for mission is that that might be where you live out my character, God says. Let's pray. Uh, God, we're really uh, grateful uh, for the wonderful um, embedment and for the the privilege of being a part of neighbourhoods and uh, to be able to live out your character. We're really grateful for that privilege and that you've shared that responsibility with us. And we pray that you'd help us. Help us to be those people, even as we leave this place today. In Jesus' name, amen.